Hello, baseball fan. What just happened? A recorder just went off. Oh, well, this is a catastrophe. Should I continue? Yeah, why not? Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. Well, as you know, this introduction is going to change pretty soon, because pretty soon I won't be doing it every single day. But I'll be doing it every single week. And I actually posted something on Twitter. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Sully Baseball. I put a little poll out there. And I may just continue doing this poll to see if I'm getting consistent results here. Uh, If I'm going to put this on one day a week, what would that one day be? Now, uh, some people suggest maybe I do it Monday. And I really didn't want to do it on Monday. I really felt that... Um, I, I wanted to be able to not start the week with it, and I wanted to be, I don't know, it, it felt strange just having one on Monday. I don't know why. So I posted, so Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, which would be, I knew I couldn't do it on the weekend. So Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, which one? And of the people who voted in my little poll there, Wednesday is overwhelmingly the favorite at 71%. But this is only one day, only a small sample size. So I'm going to go out and put the same poll out there again. I'm still figuring out the format. I'm still trying to figure out how long it's going to be. There's probably going to be a monologue and probably going to have a guest and then have my features uh, who own baseball for the week and also the team that should have won. I was toying with the idea of renaming the podcast Sully Baseball Weekly. But do you know what? I'm going to keep it simple. It's just going to be Sully Baseball. That's what most of you call it anyway. So, Sully Baseball. I'll drop the daily, because it won't be daily, but there you go. I feel like it's a little bit of we're counting down. There's only like a dozen or so left of it going to be daily, and then it's going to be a strange time for your pal Sully. But hey, 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 hey. You know, I'm learning not to take this as a sad thing. This is going to be a positive thing. The quality of the show's are going to be high. And here's the thing I'm going to need you all to do. Here's the thing I'm going to need. All all of you are going to have to do this for your pal Sully. Okay? I need you to... And and, and do this today. And if you do this today, um, respond back saying, I did this. Hashtag uh, applesauce. Hashtag applesauce. If you go to iTunes and write a positive review, okay? I'm not going to change the the RSS feed. You're not going to have to resubscribe. I'm not going to do any of that. If you're subscribed to me on iTunes or Stitcher or all that shit, then, you know, you can, it's going to still remain the same, okay? But it's just going to be renamed Sully Baseball. And leave a positive review on iTunes because that sort of stuff helps. And I'm going to see because there's been, you know, some people said you'll get, your listeners will grow. The number of listeners you have will grow if you have it on one day a week because all the people who listen throughout the week, they're all listening on one day. Now, that was the same mentality 
that got the regionalization of the baseball playoffs in 1995, which did get high ratings because all the people watching baseball were watching at the same time, but nobody liked it because everyone wanted to watch their own team. All right, it doesn't matter. We're going to give it a whirl. We're giving it a whirl. Let's give it a whirl. Let's, let's have some fun here. And, um, you know, come along. This should be fun. You're still going to have Sully Baseball. I'm still going to do my, my thing. You know, it's about changing and adapting. And it's about figuring out how people consume their media. I mean, I've been talking about that with baseball for a long, long time. What I talked about in yesterday's podcast was about the, you know, the Blue Jays black, being blacked out throughout Canada, which is batshit crazy. I'm sorry, Ray, I'm, 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 I'm swearing a bit today. But I was thinking, and, and I, I actually couldn't remember if I brought this example, if I brought this, uh, this analogy onto the podcast. But you know what, you'll forgive me, so I've done more than 1,600 of these if I've repeated a couple of things from time to time. But I really was thinking about this. Because the change in terms of how we view, how we consume, how we enjoy our entertainment is really at the threshold of so much of what I'm talking about on this podcast. And the medieval point of view that you only follow baseball via the radio, by the newspaper, by going live or watching TV, is not understanding the way that we consume things today and that there have been examples in the past of, in other forms of entertainment, where the one thing that was looked upon as dangerous, the one thing that was looked upon as threatening suddenly becomes, huh, this is doable. This is an improvement. This actually makes life better. Now, I've used the baseball analogies left and right. Baseball was terrified of putting games on the radio because they would lose fans. What they found out is they gained fans because people who weren't going to the ballpark were starting to follow it on the radio. And they got invested on the radio and got invested in the game live on the radio and wanting to go to the park. So they saw families come to the park. They saw an increase in attendance and an increase in interest. But that's always the case when people... When, when there's a fear of something new, once you start embracing it, and that, that something new is how people have changed, you embrace the change, you wind up winning. I'm going to give two examples in the world of entertainment. And I, I find both of these examples fascinating because they took place in right around the same time. But it was the concept of home video. Now, home video was looked upon as, if not the enemy of movies, as certainly was the dumping ground. You made your money at the box office. You made your money with movies by going to the theater. 
That was your bread and butter. When it was all said and done, they slap it on tape. But they held off putting big movies on tape. You remember that? A film like Star Wars or E.T. or The Godfather or Gone with the Wind, like the most popular movies of all time, were held off on videotape for a while. And usually took a few years after a movie came out before it found its way onto tape. And one of the reasons was the mindset was putting the uh, film on tape meant you no longer had the ability to put it in theaters. Now, the theaters element, there used to be a mindset of you put your big, huge movies in just a couple of theaters, so it created this interest that people had to go out and that theater would always be packed and play there for a year. But if it was a kind of a film you wanted to dump, you put it in a bunch of theaters at once so you can make all your money at once. That was the mindset. And then Jaws came out. Jaws was released wide initially, and they found out that all those theaters were filled, and they made more money than they could possibly imagine. And now that's the way they do it. But with home video, well, that's scary because people will be staying at home and not going to the theater. People will be staying home, and you won't be able to re-release movies over and over and over again. That became a thing. Star Wars would be re-released every once in a while. E.T. was re-released. All these big films were re-released because they could put it back in the theater and make even more money. And putting it in a home video, well, that'd kill it. Why would anyone go to the theater to see it if they have it on video? And so not only did they not put the movies on video, but they, when, they, when they did a lot of times, they were really expensive. They were super expensive. They were almost cost prohibitive to buy them. They wanted you to rent them from a, from a video store. And then Paramount Pictures said, we're going to release Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it cost like 20 bucks. It was, a, it was very inexpensive when it was released on videotape in 1983, Christmas time. They had a little teaser for Temple of Doom. And every kid who was a kid of the 80s woke up on Christmas morning or however you celebrate your holidays and had a copy of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Raiders, which was a huge hit in the theaters, became even a bigger hit on home video. They made more money than they thought they could. And everyone watched it till the tape broke and memorized every frame of it. And people realized, well, wait a minute. We can even make more money. People still went to the theaters. Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, those were big, huge hits. But they were fueled by all the kids who had Raiders on tape and watched it over and over again. And watched Star Wars over and over again. Watched all these films over and over again. And they saw that it actually increased business. What was feared would kill actually profited. And the company that really had to come to the light on this was Disney. Now, it's funny. All the people were running Paramount when they did the, the 
Raiders of the Lost Ark on tape, jumped ship and moved over to Disney. Now, Disney had a whole business plan from the days of Walt. And they had all these films in their library. Dumbo, Pinocchio, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, 101 Dalmatians, The Jungle Book, all that. And every year or so, one would be re-released in theaters. So kids, you know, parents are, I've got to take my kids to the movies. Ah, Dumbo's playing. Ah, Pinocchio's playing. Peter Pan's playing. The first two movies I ever saw as a kid were Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and Peter Pan. And I saw Dumbo and I saw Pinocchio and I saw uh, Alice in Wonderland and, and The Fox and the Hound and 101 Dalmatians and The Jungle Book, all of them when they were re-released. And that was part of their business model. And it was, they released a couple on tape. They released Dumbo and Pinocchio. I said, yeah, but we can't release Snow White. Because that's our bread and butter. We can't release Bambi. That's our bread and butter. And the new folks came in and said, yeah, you can. And guess what? Every family in the world bought it. And when they came out with new animated films, people still want to go see them. Lion King, Little Mermaid, and everything. Still made more money, and people bought those. They were afraid of losing a cash stream. And what they found out was the cash stream still existed in terms of making the movies, but they had more money. They made even more money. And they got even more exposure. And there's a whole culture now of people, kids, growing up with Disney in ways that I didn't think Walt would have imagined. Now, Walt would have probably embraced home video because he was a forward-thinking dude. Now, what does this have to do with baseball? This has to do with being afraid of the revenue streams, the existence of blackout days, the existence of people saying, oh, we don't want to lose this television revenue. We're making so much money on television revenue that we don't want to upset that. They're dipping their toe into the world of the internet with the MLB app and all that, which is wonderful. But they don't go all the way because they still black out the local games because of the fear, because of the fear of losing that local TV money, because of the fear of, oh, if we do this, then we'll cut off this cash cow and that cash cow. Because baseball is very valuable to cable companies because it is a daily product for a big chunk of the season from April until the end of September, April, May, June, July, August, September, that's six months. For half the year, they have programming, programming that is, has to be watched live, and so you sit through the damn commercials, and it's, on, it's in the bars, it's in the restaurants, it's, it's you know, wherever you go, if you're, you're waiting at the airport, there's a game on, and unlike football, it's on every day. So you have all this programming, all this ad space sold. And it's something that if you say, well, you got to watch it on our system, it becomes quite profitable. 
and they're afraid to pull the plug on that revenue stream. And what would eliminating blackout dates mean for that? Would that mean the end of this revenue stream? Would that mean the end of the big bucks? And the short-sighted thinking is yes. Just like Disney thought, the, oh, we won't be able to make all this money with Dumbo and Pinocchio and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And they were so protective of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs because that was the film that the, the Disney empire was based upon. In fact, if you go to the Disney building in um, uh, Burbank and your pal Sully's been there, they have the pillars around the big building are in the shape of the Seven Dwarfs. And symbolically, that's saying, on the foundation of the Seven Dwarfs was this great empire built. And so they're so protective of that. And then when they finally let go and say, okay, this is the way people are consuming media now, they realize, oh, it's, it was opening the floodgates. You could, they couldn't print money fast enough because that's how people consume and this is how people consume sports now. The, the absolute limit of how we can consume our sports digitally is non-existent. We will be able to do things, watch things, communicate things, interact. In 10 years, the process of watching a game will be so amazing there'll be virtual reality probably with helmets you can wear you can have things where you can type in stuff and the stuff is popping up all over the place interacting with people you can't even imagine seeing oh I want to watch this from the shortstop's point of view I want to watch it from the second base's point of view click 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 and guess what if you want to watch it on TV it's still there just like if you want to listen on the radio, it's still there. If you want to read the games in the newspaper, that's still there. They're always still be there. But there'll be new ways because that's the way people are consuming things. When home video was exploding in the 80s, it wasn't enough to just say we're going to go to the theaters. It was we want to sit and watch it in our homes. And if we're now in an age where we're not tied to the television and there's a whole generation of cord cutters who, are, who don't see the difference between CBS and a YouTube channel, oh, I'm going to sit down, you've got to watch the game sitting down at, your, at this sofa. No. You've got to adjust to them. They're not going to adjust to you. And as they found out with Raiders, as they found out with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, guess what? It can be even more profitable. If the thing that is causing these decisions to be made is money, then listen to your pal Sully. You will make more of it. You will have the customers. I've said this before. I've made this point. I made this point yesterday. You cannot say we want young viewers and in the same breath say we want to black out local dates. You can't have both. Both 
are not possible. And so we move forward, learn, learn not from some kumbaya, looking through the knothole, this is when it was a game, but pure capitalism, pure let's make piles of money. If that's your motive, then your pal Sully's got your back because we're going to consume it. And this is the way people watch stuff now and like stuff now. And some other sport's going to figure it out. The NBA is currently the people who are running the NBA and a lot of the owners of the NBA, they're all tech people. There's a lot of tech money. It's not old money. It's not a bunch of people who are like, oh, we've owned this team forever and this is hand down from my pappy. No, a lot of tech people. A lot of internet people are running the show in the NBA and they're going to figure it out. Figure it out ahead of them. You've got more product. You've got a great setup with MLB.com. Now, let's just go in all the way. Hi-ho, hi-ho. It's off to work. You go. So go to sullybaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, right on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Winding down the last bunch of daily podcasts before it turns into simply Sully Baseball. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. You know I'm going to call it the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast from the first four months for the 21st day of March 2017. Is it the vernal equinox? Is it some equinox? I don't know. Whatever equinox it is, I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan.